real this time. What's up? <laughs> Why? Why is that funny? <laughs> Don't ask me that. It's, there's no answer to it. It's just the way you sound. Why do I sound? I don't sound. There's nothing different about the way I sound. No, there's always no sound you're like always it. funny. You're always funny. I am always me. funny, yeah. I'm a joke to you. Funny, <laughs> funny how. <laughs> funny how. <clears throat> What's uh, up? I got a, I'm going to start off strong for you. <laughs> oh, can't wait. So I've been doing 90 songs. This one's going to be a way throwback to the, I believe the 70s. All right. Uh, I'm not going to know it. Yeah, you are. Okay. Because I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Because I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> Put a little Michael McDonald in the end there for you. <laughs> Just the, just that transition. You just, you just fell to the basement. I just did it, man. I, that's that's the range I have. I can go from Lionel down to Michael McDonald. In the I had no idea. I was yeah. That's some, I think it was Lionel Richie with the Commodores. <laughs> yeah. Sunday morning. Oh, Sunday. <laughs> you know he would like overdo that last part like too much. Overdo it. Just like come on, come on, Michael McDonald. Why you gotta ruin shit? Just sing it. This I wonder, whole time I just thought you liked him. No, he just it's a love hate thing, you know. I just I he's always annoyed me that he's on every song ever made and then he just oversings. I wonder if he's ever done the national anthem before. No. God. <laughs> and the rock 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 <laughs> gets red. Go go go. Uh, so welcome to episode 144 of I Only Like Their Old Stuff, the podcast where we ask the question, what's the hype? I'm J-Ho, and with me is Groove. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'm easy. <laughs> what's up? Uh, I can't handle it. You can't handle it? I can't handle it. Oh. Uh, Oh, are they? Um, morning. <laughs> so what's up? What's up? I'm just uh, you know, living the life, living my life here. Mom, you don't know? come in. I'm studying naked. Yeah. <laughs> don't open the door. Don't open the door. Um. Yeah, what's uh, what's you got any housekeeping? Man, we got all sorts of stuff. All right, well, c- c- let's do it. Come on. I, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I got, I mean, I got a nomination for number one fan. I, 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 I assume it's the same one I have. Go ahead. Go, ooh, go what? on. It's your buddy, right? Your video game playing buddy. It's this kid, Matt. Yeah, that's that's his name, Matt. I haven't even, I haven't even, se- I sent you how many screenshots I send you. Five. He's 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 kept up. Okay, he's got more. He's he got. I got a te- I got a text message today that said so. Spotify only. Spotify only keeps the previous ten episodes live. You're right. Okay. That you can't listen to more than that. 
He listened to all to all those all those episodes. How, well, how did he find get get older ones than that? He goes to the website now. Uh, oh, sorry, you should get a get a reader like a dog catcher. <laughs> so, so your boy is has his his what is the past tense of dive? Dovin, divin, dived, dived, dived. He dived into the archives. Yeah. So I'm He's sorry. killing it. Here's and I'm gonna go a step further here. We don't even go any further. I guess the hype is in. What was the hype still out last week? <laughs> this is the biggest compliment he gave. He said, No, it's cool. I like just guys talking bullshit about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like a, we're so and, uh, we're like the Seinfeld of podcasts. It's just about nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. don't do that to us. <laughs> You're not a Seinfeld fan. I mean, I'm I'm a fan enough of Seinfeld, but yeah. I ain't trying to be Seinfeld. I hear you. Well, I didn't say you were trying to be Seinfeld. Well, it sounded like it. It sounded like, like you some were kind trying of to be buzzing Seinfeld. going on. What's that buzzing? I don't know. All right. Hopefully we take that one post. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So, yeah. Number one fan, Matt. Well, furthermore, furthermore, time yeah, out, yeah. time out. <clears throat> he, he and his girlfriend, Sydney. Okay. Straight up logged it, figured out how to log into and activated their HBO Max account on television. Okay. So that they can listen to the OC listen, or watch the OC. They read like, did, were they paying for it this whole time and hadn't logged in? Exactly. Oh, wow. Man, well, a yeah. lot of people out here in these streets, they got HBO. They don't know. They don't know about Max. Okay. Well, well, I mean, we're kind of doing them a service if anything. Yeah. This is the OC on HBO Max. And so, so Sydney's apparently seen it before. Okay. But Matt Matt had never seen it. Right. Okay. He, gotcha. In in one week he's caught up to episode eight. Oh sweet. That's a lot of watching the OC. <laughs> That's a lot of That's OC. a nice little binge though. It's a good little well, binge, nice little and binge. now he's going to have to go to one week at a time. Yeah. So it's going to be a there's going to be a harsh reality. It's like when I caught up on Lost. And then started watching it every week. And then I was like, man, why did I do this? Yeah. That's a bad idea. Because I watched, I binged season one and half of season two, I think. And that's about the point it started going downhill. I don't think I realized it was going downhill. That's the problem. I didn't realize it was going downhill till about halfway through season three. <laughs> and how many seasons were of that? Like 12? Seasons 13, of loss, I think, yeah, like 13 it just went on forever. Yeah. I just was screaming at the TV by the end. Oh my season god! Two, was season two the one that began in the hatch? That might have been season three. Desmond. Yeah, it's either two or three. I think three is the one that got shitted up because of the writer strike. That's really where it went really bad. Was when the writer strike happened. I think it like got cut short, and when they came back, it was just the writing was bad. I don't know. Well, I you know, look, I, I think Matt's had a lot of hot takes along the way. Okay. You want to hit I can't some of those? Remember, I can't remember yeah, any of right. them. Okay, great. Well. <laughs> I will tell you this. And we don't need to dwell on this because a lot of, you know, I'm not sure that we necessarily need or want a lot of our people listening to really go investigate a lot. But okay. he... He may or may not have a Hee Haw Jones t-shirt. Oh, well, where did he get that from? I think he bought it off the internet. 
What? How? I'm joking. I uh, gave it. To to you gave him your Haw Jones T-shirt. I gave the final like five Jones shirts out. Uh, okay. Maybe, Did you keep like, one for yourself? No, I don't think I have one. You don't have one? Wow, I still have mine somewhere. Yeah. You? I can't believe you wouldn't keep one for posterities. Well, I don't. I've got a posterior already. Well, not posterity. Posterity's sake. Get it back from Matt. Get that Matt. Get that shirt back. I definitely get it back. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. We got that. Uh, I think Mikey texted me this week, but I can't remember. I, I've, I've blocked it out of my mind. Jo- Josh is watching Cobra Kai. He is. Oh, he's Josh not watching. Not watching the OC, but watching the Cobra Kai. Whatever. He, well, you know, yeah, he ain't trying to watch the OC. Yeah, Mikey wrote me and said, not sure if I've seen Digging for Fire, but I did love Drinking Buddies and Happy Christmas, which is that shitty director's other two movies. <laughs> I was going to write, I just didn't feel like being hateful, but I wanted to write him back and be like, yeah, I figured you probably like those. That seems about right. <laughs> we just, I think that him and Josh just be tied for num- number one hater this week. Josh yeah. for not watching the OC and... Mikey for for you know antagonizing me on that traumatic movie watching experience from last week. I feel you. Yeah. Well, congratulations to all the winners and the losers. Whatever. I don't. I don't care. Congratulations, everybody. Hollow victory. <laughs> Man, I got to change my. I'm. I'm so angry now. I was just. I, well, thinking about that movie made me angry again. That shitty movie, Digging for Fire garbage mikey just mikey ruins episode 144 he just it just you know brings up some unfortunate memories of having to watch that movie i I can never get that time back i can't get that time back (laughs) mike probably was terrible in it all right oh god (laughs) what else you got for uh, housekeeping stuff Schmucky emailed to confirm that you're that you are the master scorpion and Buck Lopos is the new anthem. He said he almost drove off the road when he said fuck Lopo. Schmucky for everybody listening is is in uh, this video game group that I used to play with and, and Groove is in that we talked about last week. And uh, yeah, he, he got a kick out of me saying fuck Lopo. So it's the hottest take out there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear back from Lopo. I want to hear what he thinks about it. What he's got to say. I, you know, I'm not bringing that up. Yeah, I don't blame I you. That up. It could go any way. He could not talk to you for a full day, or no, it just know, it's, it's just like, going to be a thing. It's yeah, just I don't. Oh, I'm okay. exhausted. All right. by the yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Any other housekeeping <laughs> stuff? I think that's it. I gotta pull up my notes here. Show notes. Man, I'm just tired all of a sudden. I don't know why. Oh, God. Got me. Um. All right. Well, what's the hype? I had a good day. I had a series of good days this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's great. <laughs> Tell us about it. You know, I'm not going to let you steal my joy. <laughs> I'm a thief of joy. <clears throat> All right. What's the, what's you know, I, I was all sorts of stressed out about that uh, weightlifting meet. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Dude, I had so much stress. I got a sty in my eye. Damn. You ever had a sty? Uh, no, but my, Jackie gets them all the time. I've got, I've had That's like gross, maybe man. five in the past 20 years. Yeah. 
So they only happen in the perfect like uh, storm of very little sleep and an overwhelmingly high amount of stress. Mm-hmm. And like, <clears throat> well, those things were existing in my life. And the biggest level of stress was whether or not I was going to be able to do well enough in that competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I showed up and I mean, I had a, I had a good day. It was a good, it wasn't the best I've ever done, but it, it was not any, like, I'm not going to try again. You know, I would have had another opportunity to try again this weekend and I'm not. Oh uh, yeah. So you did not, you didn't win or anything. You didn't, didn't make like qualify for whatever you're trying to do. Uh, it was a, it's a video submission thing. So oh, okay. I'm going to upload my videos and then I'll find out like next week. Uh, okay. So they didn't judge you yet. Right. Okay. Gotcha. But you can, you usually have a pretty good idea based on yeah what other people sign up as. Um, as far as like what they put down for how much weight they plan on lifting. Yeah, I got you. And, um, so, you know, after my last lift, it was just like all my stress flushed out and I went, I went and played a hot round of disc golf. Yeah. Had a lot of, you know, just like that was it. Like I did, I did better than I thought I would do. And then I got to go play disc golf and finish in with that competition. It was absolutely the hype because my body is busted and I'm going to take like three months to do like a bunch of stuff that is going to heal my body. And I am so thirsty for it. That's good. though. Good. You're you're in a place where you're going to be able to get yourself back where you want to be, you know? Yeah. I mean, I haven't really done a break like this long and it's not like I'm not going to be training but yeah, i'm not gonna okay. be doing the stuff that hurts me yeah for a couple months well that's so. probably good with your you know situation with your lyme disease stuff and everything probably give you a chance your body a chance to catch up doing my best yeah out here in these streets <laughs> yeah i know here on just... branch Ave with that dunkin donuts <laughs> 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 ow, ow, ow. <laughs> forget about it yo you know what i should do is get an air horn you should and just wait every single time Blast somebody honks just, just hold my hand out that door <laughs> just sit out there with it and just constantly blare on it just don't say they can't even like put their orders in because you're just blaring the air horn <laughs> Oh man! It. What's your hype? My hype is uh, the the trailer for that Dune movie came out. Oh yeah! And normally that would be hype. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't watch the trailer yet. Yeah, and I'm as I've said before on the show, I'm a huge Dune fan. Um, and I I was like, you know, whenever they're like remaking something or making another version of it, they've never gotten it quite right. And yeah. uh, famously, there was a version that like never got made. That there's a documentary made about that's pretty awesome from uh jordorowski was this like avant-garde filmmaker was going to make this version of it but anyway they finally came out with the the trailer and it's got the movie has so many good actors in it like i said last time and they showed it and uh they showed like a lot of the characters and stuff and it looks pretty badass it's like really well shot and like you know timothy chalamet or whatever his name is is got you know flowing locks and uh, it looks pretty sweet, so I'm really excited. So I'm really excited. Like I'm hyped to like reread the book. Yeah, I haven't read it in a long time. I'm gonna try to read the first three again before the movie comes out. But uh, yeah, it looks like they got the look right, and um, man, everybody looks pretty badass in it. So 
and that those, that's really cool the sandworms I'm, look cool in it like i don't know who's that guy from uh guardians of the galaxy plays drax yeah that guy he's a wrestler yeah he plays he's one of the one of the main bad guys um the this guy is like uh, he's a member of the Harkonnen family. He's the beast of Raven or whatever. And he's like supposed to be this like horrible dictator. And he looks perfect. Like he looks exactly like it's described in the book. Like I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. I love that director, Charlie Villanueva or whatever. Villanueva. He did. Uh, do you ever see uh, Sicario? Yeah. I love that movie. Um. Yeah, he did that movie and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm I'm excited about it. Sweet. Yeah. The other thing when is, is what it's coming out. I think it? around Thanksgiving, I believe. I don't know okay. if I'll get to go see it then, but it's coming out around then. Fuck no. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I'm excited to see this movie in April of next year. <laughs> I can't um, wait. After it's already been out and and spoiled for me. Um. Yeah. Uh. So that is hype. And then the other hype thing is, um, so I got a ticket before the, um, before the, the COVID stuff happened for, uh, my registration being out uh-huh. and, uh, they kept pushing the court date cause of the COVID, you know, the, the lockdown. So they pushed it all the way out until October and I haven't gotten the car fixed yet. Like I haven't gotten the, the registration done yet because I'm not driving my car right now. If I drive, I usually drive Jackie's car, right? Yeah. And uh, my car's got needs some work done on it, and I just haven't gotten around to doing it anyway. So I haven't had the registration, and I'm like thinking about, man, fuck, I got to get all this shit done before October so I can go. You know, you take your ticket in, and they they throw it away, and they're like, okay, you got your registration. You know, you, there's no real consequence for it other than me having to go. You know, waste my morning to go stand in line with a bunch of people with COVID to show them that I've taking care of this thing. Like get this letter in the mail this week and it's from the district attorney. And he's like, he's like, all the charges against you have been dropped. You're, you're a free man. No way. Go to court. Yeah. They're just like into like, basically they just don't want to deal with having people in the courtroom right now. And so all, I I mean, it kind of sucks. I like got out of like a ticket I was going to get out of anyway. It's like kind of sucks. I didn't have a speeding ticket. Cause like, I imagine they, they threw all those out too, you know? Yeah. But like, still it's pretty awesome. I don't have to go to court. So yeah. I'm Did a- I tell you about mine? Yeah. Yeah. You told me about your ticket. Yeah. So that's, the, that's, but that mine got, they were, they called me up and they were like, Hey, just text us a picture of your Bluetooth in your car. And we'll, we'll wave it. Really? They did that. <laughs> yeah. They texted you that. No, they called. Oh, they and called they said, you. Text, they said, text this number. Oh, wow. See, the state of North Carolina would never call you. They'd just be like, fuck you. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) You'd have to figure that out on your own in North Carolina. They wouldn't call you until you could do that. That's pretty sweet. You got to use a carrier pigeon there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So so you showed him the Bluetooth? I just sent him a picture of the Bluetooth that my phone was connected to it, and then I just paid the court fine. You were like, I'm texting while driving right now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll do that <laughs> when I'm driving home. Thanks. You did while you're in the car. <laughs> that's that's some hype, man. Just because so like, yeah, you don't have to. I mean, on top of the money, potentially, who knows if they they probably would have thrown it out if you went to court anyway. Because I think a ticket like that is just kind of bullshit anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you don't have to go to court. 
That's uh, that, that your time is money, and I cannot stand going to court for shit. So, no, it's the worst to go. You stand know how to get all dressed up. Yeah, and they always yell at you when you go in court. I'm like, come on, man, quit yelling at me. Like, fuck you. You don't want to be on. here. I work here. Yeah, <laughs> just like stop. <laughs> quit yelling at me. Sorry, Papa. Yeah. <laughs> to Papa would have gotten you out. Um, that's uh, that's hype, man. That's good. Um, yeah, so we're both free men back out, you know, <laughs> back out on the streets. Uh, what's your not the hype? <clears throat> I thought it was fall. <laughs> it got cool, but then it got hot again. Is that what you're yeah, sure. Okay. It got cool yeah. and then it got humid. Yeah, that's it's it's cooled off a lot here, but it is humid as hell because it's still raining every day. Yeah. Which is good for my mimosa tree, but not so good for me. My, you know, my hair gets frizzy. I was I was coaching this morning, and uh, I was wearing this really thin shirt. Yeah, it's like one of my oldest shirts, you know. Uh-huh. And it's a favorite because it's so thin; it doesn't feel like I'm wearing anything. Yeah. And I knew I was sweating. I didn't know how bad. Yeah. And I went in the bathroom to like wash my hands, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and it, I I was I had sweat through the entire shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I've luckily I haven't had that many of those incidents this year because I've been at home so much this summer. You know. Yeah, you've been inside. Usually, I'm sweating. I like I said, I got to take two, three shirts with me, change them out during the day. Yeah, I keep I keep a couple shirts in my office, but I get that I mean, sweaty back, man. My, that runs down. Yeah, so I, I turned around on my way out. I just to double check, and it was like I had a back tattoo. Yeah, it's dripping down in your butt crack. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst, man. That's the worst. <laughs> your butt crack. Damn, your butt crack. <laughs> uh, this is silly. What is silly? What's your silly? You're a silly goose. Uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just a giddy dude. You are. You're. You're in a mood today. I just had I just had a run of days, man. I just had a run. Of, I was thinking uh, you, about you're it. You're like really delirious, right. man. You got the what? That lime's gone to your brain. So. <laughs> lime's made me crazy, son. <laughs> crazy like a tick. <laughs> yeah. What's your not the hype? So the other night, uh, we got uh, me and we got stuff to make bison burgers. You ever had a bison burger? Man, I ate bison 30 minutes ago. Okay, so you're you're on the bison thing because yeah, it's I, nice I, lean I, I, protein, right? So yeah, it's good. It, so uh, we got some, and, it, and it's not the cheapest stuff in the world. You know, it's more expensive than ground beef. Yeah. So we got enough to make two hamburgers, two nice big patties, and uh, put them on the grill. And because it's so lean, um, as I was cooking them, one of them just disintegrated <laughs> and fell into the grill. Like just totally just like fell into pieces into the grill. And I, I, when I stopped crying, I like realized that like my dinner was gone. Basically, <laughs> I mean, I had the other burger, but like, I'm gonna give that to Jackie, you know, I'm not going to cook. I, you know, I give her the best, I always give her the best, you know, the food oh, that listen, like, that's, that's the biggest lie you've ever I'm not serious. I'm like, I take pride in it. And I'm like, I want you to have the best things just so that you can tell me how great I am for cooking. So, well, um, it's all for my, yeah. So, yeah. so, well, there you go. Yeah, you either like, keep it or you give it, but you make a show of it. Yeah. Here, it's you, like, you oh, take the bigger I guess one. it's all right. 
No, no, you don't have to tell me how good it is. It's fine. No, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I was like, I just about cried. And uh, luckily we had some other, you know, we had some other stuff we could make. So we made some other stuff with it. Then we split the burger. But uh, it, man, that burger was good. And I'm still thinking like today, even today, I was like, man, I could have, that's a, I'll never get that burger back. I've got to be honest back. with you, man. I, I don't think I would have handled that. I wouldn't have handled that well at all. <laughs> what would you have done? <laughs> I would. I'm well. I know that it's happened before. Like my yeah. breakfast is so important to me yeah. that, like, <clears throat> I swear to you, this is not an exaggeration. If I mess my breakfast up, Mackenzie leaves. <laughs> like she's like, all right, I'm going to work. I'm I can't. so I'm stupid. I'm so dumb. I'm. Ah, it's more. So it's more. Yeah. So yeah. I get so steamed, and if I'm gonna miss out. On a whole ass burger? Yeah. I'm just going to go to the grocery store. Like, I can't I, it. I just, I, you know, it was like to the point where I was like, well, the other burger is almost done. So, like, <laughs> am I going to go to the grocery store and get more meat and come back? And then I just was like, forget it. We'll just. Listen, I don't give I don't a know. fuck. I'm not eating know. half a burger over candlelight with yeah. my life part. No, I'm, I got to, I got, I can't, I'm, I'm starting, I'm worked up. Yeah. I well, I'm man. Excited. I was just like, I just, I was, because I've been thinking about it. I was like, oh, we're making bison burgers tonight. Oh, I love them. They're so good. And she put the blue cheese in it in the burger, and like, oh yeah. man, it was so. <sighs> yeah. So I'll, I'll never get that burger back, but I'll get over it in a few years. Um. Yeah. I just can't imagine. I I'm still I can't imagine what it looked like to eat half a burger. Well, you know, and I. You know, I pride myself on my grilling. Like, it's a big deal to me. It's like one of my hobbies is grilling. And just to, you can imagine the horror on my face as I watched, you know, in slow motion as that burger just fell into pieces into the grill. You know, just. I mean, look, that is horror, right? Yeah. I mean, people, we talked about Host last week. Yeah. Great, great movie, whatever. That's horrifying. Yeah. But what is really, really still sticking with me that I'm going to think about when I go to sleep tonight. <laughs> It's how you ate half a burger. Just cut that burger in half and just the whole time thinking about, man, I, this, this could have been a whole burger. I had a whole one myself and now I'm eating half one. I mean, it was good, but I don't know. Half a burger. Yeah. So what's your uh, what's your hype still out? Fucking whether or not I'll either eat half a burger. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, okay. Okay. You're going to have an opinion on this. All right. And I don't know what it is. Okay. This is my favorite. The anticipation of whether or not you're going to come down on my side or against okay. me. Okay. Um, hype or not the hype. Yeah. Well, so yeah. So my hype still out is whether or not I don't even fucking know. Look, here's the thing. Okay. So I like Travis Scott. Do you like Travis Scott? Yeah, I like Travis Scott. Yeah. You like him well enough. Yeah, I like that that what Astro World or whatever album. Like yeah, was, yep, yeah, it's yep. good. Good stuff. Yeah. I thought he was fine. I like played a, I, played I, I was bit. listening to um So back when when was this? Twenty eleven was when Yeezus came out. Uh huh. And it was like all dark and aggro and shit yeah. and industrial. Uh huh. All of that was Travis Scott. Oh, he produced that? He produced like a lot of the songs on that album, and he took the money from that. that he got paid for doing production on that album, and he finished his very first mixtape, which is called Al Faro. Uh, and that thing, that mixtape blew my mind. Right, right. This, this is a crazy story. That mixtape blew my mind, and I listened to it every day. It was like Jesus, Al Faro, back and forth, uh-huh. and I was just 
walking around the streets of London with my headphones on, just like really fucking vibing. Right. And then I completely forgot about Travis Scott. I didn't give him another thought. I didn't think about it again. I didn't listen to days before rodeo that much, which was another mixtape that came out before birds in the trap. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then when Astro World came out, I had a couple people like really push it on me. And I listened to it and I was like, I mean, it's all right, but it's not, I wasn't listening to it in the right context for one. And I wasn't really paying attention. I just had it on in the background in the gym and I was like, this is okay, but it seems single note, you know, and it just seems like filler. And I'm not necessarily saying that it's not. But what happened was I went, so my buddy Kyle invited me. He said, look, man, I got two tickets to Travis Scott at the TD Garden. Cassie doesn't want to go with me. You want to come with me? And Kyle's my ride or die. And I was like, yeah, I dropped everything. And I got in the car with him. We drove to Boston and we went to, we, we, we went to the garden and we were up in the bleeds. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I haven't been to an arena show in forever. And I felt from the pit of my stomach, the initial flames of that, which we hate, but that we've named like this podcast after. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I really didn't want to be a snob about being at an arena show, yeah. but I was like, man, I, I don't go to shows with more than like 2000 people, yeah. you know, and like, this is a, this is nonsense. This is not going to be, <laughs> a good show. you know, like I had it yeah. in the back of my mind and I was so anxious because I knew, Hey, I was excited to be with Kyle. Anytime I get to hang out with my buddy Kyle, that's really fun, you know? Yeah. And I didn't want him to pick up on any energy that I may or may not have had about whether or not I was excited to be there. And I was like, there's no way that this guy is going to fill this arena with any kind of energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that people are going to be excited to see him, but like with the openers are coming out, it was like trippy red. And like, I, I can't remember who else came out. Cause I was like, fuck all this. These guys are nonsense. You know, they're not, they weren't bad. It was just like, we were too far away for it yeah. to really mean anything. And then when it was time for Travis Scott to start, I don't, I mean, look in the arena, there was one side of the arena that had the main stage. And then there was a secondary stage on the other side of the arena. And he could travel from one stage to another underground. And on the secondary stage, there was, these are kind of like known elements of his shows. He has a roller coaster that's one loop. That's one person at a time. Yeah. So he, he would get in it and ride it. And then he got out of it. And then just like for the rest of like the next 15 minutes that he was on that stage, security was just bringing kids on the stage and letting them ride. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. And he had this, he has another roller coaster that's up in the rafters. That's like an Eagle Yeah. that he'll, he'll get on it and like stand in the sky and just like is going up and down across the span of the arena floor. Uh-huh. And that's, gimmicky but really really cool yeah for sure i'm into that what what he had and what i i mean like i gotta tell you if you know massive arena tours come back and if travis scott goes on tour i will buy your ticket (laughs) okay because the thing that hit me so hard and i hadn't experienced this since kanye really was that his show was singular in its artistic vision yeah so it had he had all sorts of imagery everywhere he would have these big black silk like cloth veils drop down from the ceiling Uh and all like the laser light show wasn't just 
it wasn't just a laser light show. It was all images that were all thematically connected to the imagery of Astro World, the album, yeah, like uh, the album cover and all this kind of stuff. It was all unified. And his ability to communicate his energy to me sitting in the bleeds by himself on a stage was I've never seen anything like it before. I've never seen anything like it before. I was shook yeah. in my shoes. Like I could not believe what I was experiencing. And it was like, you know, most of it. I mean, I knew I knew all the songs, but most of it was Astro World naturally. And so it like fundamentally transformed my entire understanding of this guy as an artist. Mm. And whereas before I just assumed, I just kind of thought like Owl Pharaoh was awesome. And then he became the it's lit guy. Yeah. And then he turned back into like a singular visionary artist in my opinion. And so after that, after that concert was over, like that's all I listened to for like months, you know what I'm saying? And since then, like he hasn't had a full album. He's had a couple, you know, singles and, Mm -hmm been featured on songs and stuff like that but i've i've gone back you know like i'll listen to travis scott any day of the week don't fucking challenge me you know what i'm saying so i'm like a little bit of a stan uh yeah okay yeah all right well a couple months ago he's releasing these shoes with nike Uh uh-huh and along with those shoes he's releasing merchandise Uh it's like (laughs) <laughs> this is like faux outdoor wear. Okay. Right? Like shorts and and he's called, you know, it's under the Cactus Jack. You know, Cactus Jack is his label. And yeah, he's done yeah. some, you know, music under the Cactus Jack moniker. And so this is like a Cactus Jack release. Okay. And there's like fleece pullovers and <laughs> athletic shorts. And it's all like thematic. It's the same thing as the show was. It's like thematically unified, you know, very distinct. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, I'm going to get those shoes. Right. (laughs) And I get the alert that the shoes are live and I miss out even because bots, you know, people get bots and they just automatically gobble up those shoes. So I missed out on the shoes and I'm scrolling through the rest of the website and I'm looking at all the other merchandise and I'm like, well, if I don't have the shoes, I don't have the right to buy anything else. And then my buddy Dustin messaged me. He's like, I picked up that fleece. <laughs> and I was like, ah, you know, I was like, but I didn't get the shoes. So I didn't want to get the fleece. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Live your life. You know, when you want that shit, get that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so I regretted it. And I was like, jealous. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I was like, jealous. Dustin. I was like, you got that fleece, you know, uh-huh. got that Cactus Jack outdoor merchandise, please. <laughs> so this week, I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is my hype still out. Travis Scott did a like partnership with McDonald's. Yeah, I heard about. It. I, th- I figured this was leading up to this somehow. <laughs> so that's what your hype still out is. You're gonna go get well, this Cactus Jack meal. No, I'm not gonna go get the Cactus Jack meal. I don't give a shit. I ain't going to eat McDonald's. Okay, but I may or may not have bought some merchandise. <laughs> from mcdonald's it's it, on his website he's got like cactus jack mcdonald's shit oh <laughs> does that <have> mcdonald's <laughs> on it 
<laughs> yeah, it'll say McDonald's on it. A strange collaboration. Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, who he's like a sneakerhead. He's trying to talk to. He was like looking for people on Facebook that that work at McDonald's because I guess they've got exclusive shirts at McDonald's for the staff that you can't. Oh buy. yeah, you can't buy them or something. So he's trying to get one of those. Yeah, dude, on the website there is a chicken nugget body pillow. <laughs> Uh, that's so bizarre imagine riding it's that so bizarre i thought you were gonna get I, got, I thought this was gonna turn into you buying another bucket hat <laughs> well i mean the, i got you know i got some items did you get I the fleece what did you get the fleece no i got a hoodie they, no, no no the fleece that all that all that old all stuff that sold, sold out, out. okay that's sold the out fleece is See, so this tough, like, though, man because it doesn't wash well so like <laughs> If you get a fleece like that, you got to wash it and like hang it up for three days. You can't dry it, man. You get all pilly yeah. and stuff. Gross. Well, I got a pair of shorts that are obnoxious. <laughs> they have the McDonald's logo on them. Do you remember that old, old sketch of a chef? I'm a screenshot this time. I'm going to send it to you. Because I don't think, I don't think you even remember what this looks like. This looks like some, some like do the right thing era type of shorts is what it looks okay. like, like to me it looks like you're 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 sitting there hot waiting for the fire hydrant to explode okay gotcha anyway um so you know i don't know am i gonna wear this stuff out in public maybe am i am i cool enough to do that definitely not no but it's <laughs> never stopped you before you got that bucket hat hey yo there you that looks like a some kind of old classic mcdonald's like thing exactly yeah okay some of this stuff is really cool the only problem is it says mcdonald's (laughs) and like i'm not that much against it you know it's i mean it's an iconic brand but like it's not my brand yeah and i'd rather that travis scott diet coke mashup you know what i'm saying yeah i know So, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Travis Scott Wendy's. <laughs> Travis Scott JVC. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to shit on that because I think that's, that's fine. I think it's fine. Well, I think it's all fine. right. I'm excited. Not as hyped as McDonald's, but I think it's fine that you got it. And, you know, it's like, it's cool in, in its own way. Might be cool. I don't know. All right, fair enough. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, that's uh, that, as far as arena shows go. I'm down to. So we saw Fleetwood Mac last year, and that was like a big arena show, and it, they didn't have a whole lot of visual stuff going on. But I was like, cool with that because it was Fleetwood Mac, and I'll probably never get a chance to see him again. You know. Yeah. Other than that, if I'm going to like an arena thing, I want to sit on the lawn. And just yeah. enjoy time with my friends and just casually watch the show, you know, like we went yep. to see uh, Weezer and stuff like that. The only other thing I get super hyped about is like I would go see Nine Inch Nails anytime because they anytime. Yep. they all even I tell people I'm like, if you're not even if you're a little bit of a Nine Inch Nails fan, you will think the show is cool as shit because they go all out. The video screen is so gigantic that you feel like you're part of the show, even if you're in the back row. And like we, you and I have gone to see Nine Inch Nails before. I mean, they they go all out. They go they go for it. You know. I yeah. I mean, that's what I was, I was just going to bring up the fact that when we went to see them, it was just like every time 
like they're on the cutting edge. Like they're going to do what, whatever is the coolest new thing to be doing as far as lights are concerned. And it was this whole, they had that whole front screen that covered the stage with, uh, with LEDs. And this was when LEDs were probably like $27,000 a bulb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like right yeah. when LEDs were really getting, getting popular. Yeah. Now I think that was the show where like, yeah, that front screen would like, you could see them behind it, and then all of a sudden it would be like Trent Reznor's face, but like distorted and coming out of the screen and shit, and like mouth open. Like, yeah, yeah. this is cool shit. Like, I'm down to see something like that, you know? And so, that, yeah, that show sounds appealing because I like, I like to, like, I, you know, like hearing the stuff live is like, it's cool to say that you heard it live or whatever, but these big, big groups, they're just going to play the stuff like they played on the album for the most part, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. what's the point? Well, the point is to have had an experience, you know, so like to, you know, see them perform and see like, and I, and I'm super in, I'm really a big fan of like bands that really go for it. You know, I went to see Beck last year and he was awesome live. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, he just went all out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> That's cool though. Yeah. I mean, I haven't had, I haven't had an experience like that. Um, I don't know, in a really, really long time. I remember like back when I was like 21, a buddy of mine, he and I used to go to shows together. We would go to local shows in Tennessee and it was like mostly like jam band type stuff or whatever. And it was like a, it was like late on a Monday night, you know, it was like eight o'clock and he's like, Hey, there's a band that's going to be you know, playing at like nine o'clock and I was tired or whatever. And I was like, I don't want to go. And he's like, look, man, I'll buy you a ticket. Like, let's just go. It was a band called perpetual groove. Yeah. I heard. And I said, yeah. All right. So I was like, I said, I remember saying to him as we were getting gas on the way there, I was like, look, if this sucks, we're leaving at set break. Like I'm not going to stay until the end. And we went and I, I was floored, you know, so good. Um, but it's not often where I've like had experience with the artists and been like, okay, like whatever. And then just been absolutely transformed in my opinion of that artist, you know, usually you're not going if you're lukewarm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, some people do. Like I know plenty of people that just go to everything and I just like, man, number one, how do you afford that? Number two, I just get bored if I'm not even, even bands that I am into, I get bored a lot of times, you know, just depends, but it's more now than, than when I was younger, you know, Oh, there it is. Unprofessional. There it is. Unprofessional. Oh, you know, I'm going to get hit back, too. I'm yeah. going to get hit back. I had a red button that. That person does not like getting red button. <laughs> you better put it on silent. Okay. Well, I went through my computer. <laughs> oh, my God. You're the worst. <laughs> um, all right. So my hype's still out. I got two things. Okay. Number one is uh, we drafted uh, my fantasy football league last night. Okay. I think we've been doing it for like 14 years. It's my league. Uh, friend of the show, Kevin, plays in it. Uh, Jake plays in it. Wait, Jake Houston? Uh, yeah, Jake Houston is in it. Oh, shit. His ball name, with the ball, boy. Ball with the, his name is... Is it, his, is it a snake draft? Yeah, it is a snake draft. <laughs> his, his name is Team Awesome. God, on what a brand, guy. On brand. Um, so I wasn't going to do it. Because I this year I think this year of football is gonna suck. I think it's just gonna be lack of effort. I think it's cause a lot of people aren't playing. There's not gonna be crowds, you know. And I think it's uh-huh. just gonna be like 
a weaker season, you know? So I wasn't even into doing, I was just like, well, we'll just put the league on hold. But then everybody complained and I was like, <laughs> okay, well we'll do it, whatever. So we, I put it together. We did the draft last night and like, I realized that like, I haven't really watched football last year very much. And I didn't know half the players. I was just like, who the hell is this? And I'm oh, sure shit. that most of my team is probably going to wind up being like, oh yeah, he's sitting the whole season out because of COVID concerns. But uh, yeah, I drafted a team. It's all right, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see but that's the hype still out on that you know we'll see how i do on that um well let's get some context here you've been playing 14 years how many times have you won your league um three out of this 14 okay. yeah but i mean right. three out of the 14 and i've made the second place twice like lost in the finals twice so yeah um but the guy that like <laughs> so he, one of my mo- most obnoxious friends um, I mean, he puts me to shame. He's the most obnoxious person I've ever met, um, wow. but in the most entertaining way, you know, mm-hmm. um, he uh, he has won the past two years in a row. And it was the kind of thing where, like, we just needed another person. So we we're like, uh, you want to join Wes? And he's like, yeah, I don't know anything about fantasy football, but I'll do it. <laughs> and he has won two years in a row. So if he wins this year, I'm definitely like going to, you know, probably retire the league. But uh, yeah, I'm still out on that. Um, so the other thing is, I have my uh, my magic tournament that I qualified for the MCQ Method Qualifier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's the Saturday. So you know, hype's still out. Depending on you know, we'll see how I do. I have to go. I have to go seven and two, meaning I can. I have to win seven, and I only get two losses out of those seven. Right. Wait, wait. When is that? Um, uh, it's Saturday morning. Okay. So I have to I have to win seven, and in that trying to win seven, I can only lose two times. Yeah, sure. Double elimination. Yeah. Yep. Um, If I do that, then I get to go to day two, and I have to do seven and two again, and then I would qualify for the big tournament. Um, Obviously, if I do well, I'll get paid not money but credit in the game that's worth money. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, yeah, so I've been practicing like for the past month. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. cause I got to figure out what deck to play because like certain people are going to play certain decks and like, you're trying to figure out like if, if too many people play the deck, that's good against the deck you're playing, you don't want to play that deck. So you want to play something else. And so it's been like, I don't know a lot. I've played so much that I'm like, I've had to like stop cause I'm like, all right, my brain is burnt out. I'm not, not performing well, but I think I'm as prepared as I can be right now. Um, you know, and we'll see, we'll see how I do. So can you change a deck mid tournament? No, well, you can change it between day one and day two. Okay. So if you, you can, if once you lock it in for day one, you have to play the whole day one with it and then you can play a different deck for day two. Um, are you, are you, let me, you're playing on your computer. Oh yeah. 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 Do you have music playing in the background? Um, the game has music in it, but I turn it down. Sometimes I play music. It just depends on what mood I'm in. Um, what time does it start? I have to register between nine and 11 AM and then I can play from, I think, uh, from 11 AM until 7 PM. I can, I have to get my games in. So are you going to kick it off? Kick it off. What? Are you going to, are you going to get your first game in right when you start? Uh, we'll see how I feel in the morning, you know, like I'm make sure that I like, Got some food in me, and yeah, I probably will. I kind of like to just go ahead and tackle it, you know. If you do have music in the background, what's it going to be? 
man, I don't know, probably some, you know, Grateful Dead or something. Fuck <laughs> off. Get me some Sublime. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm I, genuinely curious. I'd probably play some, like, I might play some Smashing Pumpkins or, like, something like that, you know, that, like, something I'm familiar with that I don't have to concentrate on, you know? Yeah. Um, Or maybe Jawbreaker, something like that that I'm super into. But, you know, it depends on the mood I'm in. Might be some, might be some like Tribe Called Quest or something like that, you know? Something to keep my mood up, like something upbeat, you know? Yeah. Upbeat or like, I like upbeat or like crunchy guitar stuff, you know? Like Smashing Pumpkins, like. Yeah. So. Hey, do you like Jack White? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love the White Stripes and I like a fair bit of his solo stuff. Not into all of it. He veers so real deep into blues sometimes and I'm not as into that, but. I love that. Uh, what is that? Blunderbuss? No. Rock on Tours? Something Delicento or something he did. I forget what it's called. This is, this is awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. I have it on vinyl. I've listened to a little bit of the Rack on Tours, but not, not a lot. <laughs> I think you'd like them. Yeah. That's even yeah. crunchier. Yeah. Yeah. That's just right. such a just you know dedicate to it, but yeah, I'll let you know what my soundtrack wound up being. I really hope that like my goal is like I don't want to lose two in a row and just be done. <laughs> sure, I'll be super right, bummed because you want to play. I mean, you want to yeah, wanna I want to I want to play and like it's my first time qualifying for this kind of tournament, so I'm like okay, you know, if I go five and two, that's okay. I I get a little something and like I'm I'm still in the process right now. If I if I do well in the main like the main ladder on the game right now, then I get qualified for the one for October. So I'm also my yeah. goal right now is I'm trying to like grind to get that spot for October too. So I'm, well, you uh, yeah, you got to get your reps in at the next yeah, level. Yeah. So I want to like I would like to try to go five and two at this one. It'd be awesome if I can make day two. If I can't, that's okay. If I if I do medium well, and then next time, you know, hopefully I'll qualify for next month. Yeah, it'd be more relaxed. Yeah, I want to keep qualifying for the next month and. You know, we'll see. But I'm I'm kind of excited about it. It's been fun to have something to like, because I haven't had a lot of like competitive events to play in because, you know, there's not paper magic. So it's been kind of nice to have something to as a goal, you know? Yeah, no, I, yeah. I feel you. You know, it's funny. A lot of people are talking about these uh, like for weightlifting, these online competitions kind of sucking and stuff because yeah. it's not the same. Yeah. But one of the things that I experienced <clears throat> on Sunday was like. So there were supposed to be 10 of This is the Masters National Championships, uh-huh. right? And we were supposed to go down to Orlando and compete in Orlando. Right. But usually, like, usually, because I'm still in the youngest age group, uh-huh. and I'm in the second to last weight class, like the second to heaviest weight class, like I'm in the <laughs> weight class right before super heavyweight, right? Yeah. The competition goes from oldest to youngest and it goes from lightest weight to heaviest weight so i'm always at the last session on the last day yeah and most of the time i you know suggest to the people that are traveling with us that are competing like most of the time they they need to get back you know like i'm gonna have to spend the night sunday night and they need to get back to work on monday so they're they're probably leaving that most of those people have already competed by sunday and or they're early on sunday and they can catch a flight home so usually I'm either by myself or there's one or two other people to stay. And that's cool. It doesn't hurt my feelings. In fact, I prefer it that way, right? Right. Because I don't like 
I don't like feeling like people feel obligated to stay. Yeah, right. But even if people are there, there's other competitions where there's more people there and that kind of thing. I'm by myself because I don't have any of, there's nobody that I'm, that I train with that's competing with me. Mm-hmm. Right. So even if I may coach and train with these people, you know, day in, day out for years at a time, like when it comes time to competition, like you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we got to do on Sunday was we were going to have 10 people, but one of those people moved and then like three of them got injured. Mm hmm. Because it was delayed another, you know, I mean, everybody was ready when it was supposed to happen, which is back in February, right? Or at the beginning of March. Everybody was peaked in February. Good for it. And we just, it just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And then it got put online. And so you're training for a certain competition. You, there's a time when you peak, you know, and I was writing the program for a bit and everybody was peaked. I was at the strongest I'd ever been when we were supposed to have it. But everybody, you know, to continue up at that pace and that intensity for that period of time is is not it's not healthy. Right. You know, it's yeah, not yeah. good, especially when you're dealing with an age population that's 35 and older. Yeah. And uh, but so we had six people on Sunday, and it was fucking hype to get to be there with like my teammates and like everybody was going heavy and we all know each other's numbers well yeah. enough that like <clears throat> I know when like we all the warm up is basically the same you know you take about 8 or 9 sets before it's time for you to start recording yeah and then and so the it doesn't matter if if I'm taking 8 sets and this person next to me is taking 8 sets and I'm working to like you know 290 pounds and she's working to 115 pounds it doesn't matter because we're getting there in 8 sets mm-hmm so everybody was basically firing the fucking fireworks at the same time. Yeah. And it was just really cool to get to like, I'm sitting there resting and I'm watching somebody take a heavy single and then they hit it. And then it's my turn as opposed to like watching somebody that I don't fucking know. And I don't particularly care about, you know, like whether or not they succeed makes no material difference in my life. And so it was neat. Like, I don't know. Because you all to, were in the uh, same, usually you'd be split up because you'd be in separate classes. Exactly. Stuff. I would have coached all of yeah, them yeah. on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they would have gone home, and then, then I would have been there. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. It's, you know, my, my, my other buddy is qualified for this thing. So we've been kind of practicing together online, but it is like a different experience when you go to the Magic tournament because it's a lot more fun. Cause like you finish your game, you go wander over and you watch your friends play yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So I kind of miss that, but I mean, this is as good as I'm going to get right now. It's like, I'm let me ask that, you so. the, as far as the deck is concerned, yeah. right. Without getting too inside baseball, how, how much is it different than like a regular card game, like poker in the sense that like, okay, so you have some control over the type of deck that you choose. How much variation is in that deck? How much real variation are is there between decks, and how much of is is the deck that you choose and how it stacks up versus the deck that you choose and how you choose to play it against somebody else? Well, there's a lot of factors that go into it because like there's different styles of deck, so sometimes it that factors in where it's like somebody's a control player, which is a deck that doesn't play a lot of creatures but does like things to like kill creatures and stuff, or they're an aggro player, which is to play something that's aggressive that tries to kill the, the other person as quick as possible. Those are like you know that factors in but like in general in tournaments you want to play the best deck for the tournament and that's either usually 
the best deck or the deck that beats the best deck, right? You're always mm-hmm. trying to find the deck that beats the best deck, but as you try to do that, you eventually realize, oh, I should just be playing the best deck. Um, so yeah, it's I don't know, it's it's hard. Just so compared to poker, imagine if in poker you got to arrange your deck to include the suits and cards that you wanted to play. Okay. Uh-huh. So imagine if like I played poker and like. Oh, okay. I want my deck to have more jacks than anybody else. Yeah. Because for some reason, you know, this obviously that goes out the window when you're you would just have a whole deck of aces, but like there are right. limitations on the deck. But like you'd be like, oh, my deck plays more face cards than other people's decks, and so that means I'm better in this situation, but not as good in this other situation, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. You know, if I'm playing poker, I would play with this deck, or if I was playing twenty one, I would rather have it be like this. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like how it is, you know, and like the deck that I'm probably going to play is what's called a combo deck, but it's, it's goblins combo. So it basically puts out a lot of little creatures and then it has a big creature that puts out even more little creatures. And once you put that big creature out that puts all the little creatures, it's usually the game's over. Cause your, your whole, your whole goal is to get the person, the person has 20 life points and you're trying to get them down to zero. Okay. But magic's just, it's all, it's a card game. So it's all math, you know? You're trying yeah. to reduce their their total is twenty. You're trying to get them to zero. Um, there's other ways you can win the game too, but in general, it's like you know you have things that do X number of damage off of that twenty, and it's just yeah. how you play those things out. You know. Do you control when you get to pull out the big creature? Um, it depends on the cards in your deck. So there is a degree of randomness to it in that you draw seven cards for your opening hand. So whatever's in that seven is like what you got. And you might have that big creature, you might not. But like in the combo deck, there are certain cards that when you play them, you get to go get the big creature out of your deck, right? Okay. So it like searches it up. It's called tutoring. Um, so you tutor up for your for your big creature in that situation. So mine has like between four and six of those cards that let me go get the card that's like the combo, the heart of the deck um, that, that ends the game basically. Okay. I don't know if I did a good job explaining. No, that. you know you you did. You've yeah. done it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a card game like any card game you've ever played. It's just, you know, it, and it's it's a lot about resource management. That's 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 what sets it apart from poker or something like that. Because you have to have, you put certain cards down that give you money to spend on the cards in your hand, right? Yep. So you have to have like imagine some of your cards were money and some of the cards were cards. You put the cards down there money and you get to use those, that money every turn to pay for the cards in your hand to put them out. So that's another thing that kind of factors into it. It's called yeah. mana. But I mean, it's all, it's all housed in this like dungeons and dragons style, you know, goblins and dragons and shit like that. But it's all, when it comes down to it, it's just a strategy game, like anything, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it does have a, the thing that's like, uh, the game is prides itself on is uh variance meaning that you could play the best person in the world and they might just not draw what they need and you draw what you need and beat them even though you're not as good a player as them okay that's frustrating sometimes when you're on the bad end of that so it's like i don't know you know but it does mean that you can like win some games you wouldn't normally get to win so it's not like chess chess is like the better player wins you know right in magic usually the better player wins but there are certain things that kind of level the playing field to some degree so yeah i'm in yeah i'm in show you i'll show you how to play 
All right, I got a question for you. Okay. Have you ever listened to 1975? Uh, I don't think so. So, I like uh I got a I got the 1975 and the yeah yeah yes mixed up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I like back in, you know, I mean, we're talking like 10 years ago yeah, or something yeah. like that. I don't even know when, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought I was listening to 1975, but I was listening to yeah yeah yes and I was out on the yeah yeah yes. And so, well, yeah, I was out on them, but I thought it was 1975, yeah, right? Yeah. And then um I uh I got recommended a uh, a music podcast by somebody at the club. Yeah. And um it's this dude that's always, you know, he's he's killing the podcast game. He's always listening to podcasts. Yeah. And these guys are I was somewhat familiar with them as music critics. Um like Stephen Hyden, Ian Cohen. You familiar with them? Mm, they wrote for Up Rocks. For uh I've probably read their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're you know, they're like our age, you know, a little bit older, whatever. So they're just kind of like out here in the ether, just like <laughs> having written about music for decades. And um, they've got encyclopedia, you know, kind of like memories and knowledge of all these different bands. And I don't usually like listening to podcasts like that, uh-huh. but he recommended it. And I was like, I'll check it out, you know. And one of the episodes was titled the return of bright eyes and the killers. And that's where I went to first because, um, the killers released a new album last week and I was listening to it and I wanted, I wanted to hear what these guys had to say about it since I was already familiar with it. And, um, and in that episode, they, they referenced the 1975 and they're like bullish on these guys, right? They like them. Yeah. And, um, and then the very next day, in fact, actually, it was Matt's girlfriend, Sydney, came to the weightlifting club. And whenever she comes to the club, she could just commandeers the iPad as if it's her fucking club. And she queued up the 1975. And it was just like a cosmic, you know, like serendipitous moment where I had just listened to this podcast. These guys who I was like, this podcast is really good. I really like these guys' takes. I like what they have to say about music. You know, I think it's interesting, which is not common. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I feel like I listen to enough music. I, I'll form my own opinion. Now I don't. I don't even listen to yours, but I. But I like that they were like triggering a bunch of different bands and and songs and stuff that I had forgotten about. You know what I mean? So that was really interesting to me. And um, and I hadn't listened to the 1975 because I thought they were the yeah yeah yes. Right. So th- this is what I've been consuming. I've been on this like four day tear of listening of to the listening 1975s. To, yeah, the 1975. Did you not like the Yeah Yeah Yes? I did not like the Yeah Yeah. Really? Yes. I love that one. Uh, Fever to Burn album. I think. I've. I mean, uh, the one with maps on it. it look, it, yeah. it could have been a timing thing. Yeah, maybe, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I was um, listening to them about the time we were listening to like uh, Modest Mouse and the Shins. You know, in that same kind of era. That's their era? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I don't know anything about the 1975. I've been trying to listen to these albums. Oh, I mean, I'm into Yeah, Yeah, Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know when, when the 1975s came out, but... Well, yeah, so I, I listened, like, you know, like I say, like, I can't really listen to music that well at the club. Like, whatever's yeah. on, like, it's fine. I'll put it on. But when I get in my car, I listen to it a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like I can hear it better, mm-hmm. and I've been crushing it. Well, it re- it's really helpful that it's like completely out of context 
of his time, right? right? Like yeah. it's not something that's just now coming out and like whatever. So I don't have to worry about like, I don't have to worry about whether or not like this is something that other people are listening to. I, I listen to it in a vacuum and I'm yeah. like, yep, I'm, I'm digging it. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll just I recommend it, it. Yeah. I probably have listened to him at some point, but I think uh, you'd like him. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, that sounds like a name of a band I would probably like. Well, that was part of the, the that was part of my initial resistance. I was like, "Don't, don't." The what do you name the band after a year? Uh, yeah, there's like that band Death from Above, 1978. I think that's what <laughs> I think I confused it with. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds a lot like the yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. What are you been consuming? So, uh, friend of the show, Ninja T. Mm-hmm. So this is a suggestion the other day. How dare you? How and, dare you? Well, I'm telling the whole story, all right? So okay. he sends a suggestion and he's like, hey, guys, I really appreciate your suggestions. And I wanted to give you something back to, you know, give back to, you know, you guys giving me stuff. I want you. I think you might like this. And so he gave us the artist and then David listened to it and was like, uh, he wrote <laughs> Ninja T-Bag was like, yeah, it's not really for me. Not my thing. And so then, of course, I had not listened to it because I do not listen to anything anyone recommends me. Uh, right. So I said, oh, well, I listened to it and I love it. And, <laughs> and Ninja T was like, oh, that's awesome. And then <laughs> Groove was like, he's lying. He didn't listen to it. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, I just <laughs> sent the, the Grinch grinning gif, which is my favorite, you know, gif. <laughs> Uh, you know the Grinch's evil smile and I was like yeah I didn't listen to it but I'm listening to it now and I sent a, I sent a picture I was like fuck you guys <laughs> but I actually did listen to it it's a it's a one man band thing project called Panopticon it's a guy from uh, Kentucky and it's like metal but it has bluegrass instruments in it Um, and like I like it, but the the heavy, the metally more metally songs are too heavy for me. Uh-huh. But I really, really, really liked the instrumental stuff. Like I listened to it today um, for you know a few hours, and uh, the instrumental stuff, which is very kind of bluegrass tinged, sounds a lot like a. It's kind of epic. It's like a movie score kind of sound to it. Uh-huh. And it's almost like every other song is like one's super heavy and then there's this like interlude kind of song. And like <laughs> I sent it to my friend Kevin and he's like, yes, it's too heavy for me. I was like, no, listen to this one. He's like, oh, I like that. And I was like, well, I think I'm just going to go in and like pick out all the songs that are like the lighter stuff and put in a yeah. playlist and make my own Panopticon album. Because um, it is like, I mean, and all those songs are like the all the like they're instrumentals, the ones that I like the best, you know. Yeah, but the the heavy songs is a lot of like growling and you know unintelligible lyrics and just a little too much for me. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one I landed on, but it was really slow and it was really dark. And I was like, yeah, nope, I don't need to spend time with this. <laughs> See, yeah, a lot of it's like that, but I like that kind of stuff, especially if I'm doing something else and I'm like, just want something in the background that's nice, you know, to like have going. And I don't mind listening to dark stuff in that sort of situation. Yeah, well, if I'm doing something else, I want something that's going to make me happy in the background. 
Not something that's going to make me think them fucking monsters are going to come out of the basement. I'm not scared of monsters. So that's the difference oh, between us. Well, look at you. Not scared of imaginary monsters. Oh, look how tough goodness. you are. Not still scared of the dark at 38 years old. <laughs> oh, you're so cool. You don't run up from the basement just in case. I know. Okay. You, you don't sweat underneath the blankets because they might get you if your head is out. Great. <laughs> you don't want to put your foot over the edge of the bed. You never know. Something might be under there grab you <laughs> you might die having an aneurysm on the toilet you never know <laughs> debbie taylor you ever see that video no oh my god it's a corrections officer yelling at a kid on scared straight oh is it, is it for <laughs> real or like, is it a sketch <clears throat> no it's uh, for real <laughs> for real some redneck dude said you might die having an aneurysm on the toilet you never know it sounds like Bobby Hill. I'm going to find that. I'm yeah. going to send it to you to put in the show notes because everyone needs to see that. Yeah. All right. Send it to me so I can forget <laughs> to put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, did you have any other consuming? No. Okay. I got a couple other things. Cool. Uh, uh, do you um, I'm I'm ready. I don't know. Jackie's coming in here to ask me something. So. But, okay. Um, so we have been. Uh, hey, time out. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of, I checked out whatever, whatever imagination. Yeah. Uh, Whoa. Oh, you you did? How did? Well, that, yeah, that wasn't your hype. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's. What, what what is it? At dimensions of imagination. Dimensions of imagination. Wow. Here's what. Here's here's. Here, let me take you through my thought process. Okay. Episode one colon a review. Okay. I put it on because I wanted to hear Jackie's voice. Okay. There you go. Right. I got to hear what she sounds like. Uh huh. And I'm playing it through, and I'm like, this is really interesting. I learned a lot. Right. I learned about what you guys plan on doing. I learned about the episode. I, I dug the trivia and then you started talking about the episode. And I was like, well, I haven't watched that. So I'm done. I'm going <laughs> to tune in next week when I learn the trivia about another episode. I haven't watched. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't really work if you don't watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know where to access that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Twilight and like, on everything. It's on Netflix. It's on CBS. It's on Hulu. Like, yeah. And maybe I'll get to it. You know, maybe I'll like from the trivia of it or whatever, I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to go watch this episode. But you know me, I'm not really into that. It's easy. Like, they're, they're all 20, 24 minutes or so. So it's like, all right, fine. I'll go back and watch it. You can watch them in any order, you know. So I don't know. I'll go. Well, I'll watch watch them in the order in which you podcast about them. Okay. Well, we got a new episode coming out this week. So check it out on Spotify, Dimensions of Imagination. Um, I want to, I want to, I think instead of Mitchell doing the music, you should get me to sing the intro. <laughs> okay. You just could do something spooky. Just, yeah. <laughs> I, was thinking, no, I was thinking more like, more like a reading rainbow ask, like dimensions of imagination, <laughs> butterfly in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so <laughs> thank you for listening to that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, for sure. So did you, Jackie's voice sound like you thought it would sound? I didn't have an expectation beforehand. Okay, yeah. Um, but I, I will say that this is ridiculous. Like, okay, so right, like I have spent enough time outside of the Southeast that 
it is really fun and like warm for me to hear certain vowel sounds. Yeah. That I never thought you made. <laughs> Why? Because I was, when we spent all of our time together, I was and had mostly always been living in the Southeast. Right. Okay. So I wasn't that sensitive to you making certain fronted vowel sounds and all this kind of stuff, Southern Appalachian style English, right? Or, you know, it's like, it's it's not Appalachian, but it's like Southern English. We'll yeah, just say really yeah. generic Southern English. And like, it's not, I've never thought of you as somebody speaking, you know, like super drawly or anything like that. Yeah. But I, it hit me when we started recording again. I was like, fuck man, Joey's from the South. You know, like not in a bad way, in a good way, you know, like this was really comforting. And it was the same thing with the two of you talking. Yeah, it was just like, right. this is a warm blanket. It's like an electric blanket. <laughs> it made you feel like you were, you were home again. Yeah. I felt like I was yeah. home again. Yeah. I think, and I think she and I, her more so than me, have like a very medium Southern accent. So definitely comes out in certain situations more than others, but it's not, yeah. not, not as heavy as some people that are friends of mine, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents don't have a super heavy accent, but it's definitely certain words that come out heavier with me than others. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. Glad we could yeah. uh, be a little comfort to you. Just, just like a little <laughs> light, light hug. Just the two of you making southern vowel sounds, talking about Sterling, yeah, right? What's Rod his name? Sir- Sterling. Yeah. Rod Sterling. Yeah. Rod Sterling. That was a cool yeah. story about how he, they, they couldn't get anybody to. Uh, like narrate the show and he's like fuck it i'll do it yeah and it's such an iconic part of the show that like everybody yeah. knows if you think if you never watched it you know hit, hit about him you know doing the intro to the show i can see him standing in black and white uh-huh. doing the intro to the yeah show. it's been referenced yeah. so much it's like yeah. yeah he's one of my favorite writers um yeah so uh i also watched uh, we talked about this movie on the podcast a while back but uh, i watched the movie toys Robin, oh yeah, Robin Williams and uh, LL Cool J. Yep, because <laughs> uh, they'd come up many times. Like uh, Bill, had, which we don't have an update for Bill this week. Um, I know. I yeah, was just going to leave that. Be. I was going to yeah, let that sit. It's all right. Um, but but Bill had brought up that there was a there's a how did this get made episode of toys and Jackie and I like to watch movies and then listen to the episode of how did this get made. And, and then somebody else on Twitter was like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. And it was toys. And I was like, man, we just talked about that. And I remember kind of liking it, you know, we, t- we, we, t- we talked about it fondly on the podcast, you know, especially LL Cool J. I'm a military man. I like a military meal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jackie's like, yeah, let's watch it. So we watched it. It took us a long time to watch it. It, it is, it's too long. But it's an interesting movie. It's I won't say it's good, but it's very ambitious. I think I described it as being more ambitious than good. Um, and it's like stylistically really interesting. The choices that they make, it's definitely a look to it. Um, there's some good gags in it. It's it's a lot of it is, is like physical comedy gags, which I, I really like when they're well done. Um, yeah, like uh, it, it, for instance that. And this isn't really a spoiler, but the, the 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 patriarch of this toy making family dies and his son is Robin Williams and, he, and they're going to the funeral. And he's like, do you want to ride in the limo? He's like, no, I'll take dad's car. Well, they cut to him in the line of limos, but he's in a bumper car, like with the little flag on it and like that you would have at the fair. 
And he drives it, and of course he runs into the limo in front of him, you know? And then it backs up and <laughs> runs into the limo behind him. Um, it's stuff like that that's really funny. But if you went into the movie going like, it, number one, the movie is kind of marketed as like a kid's film, but it is not a kid's film. There's some dark stuff in it. Um, it, 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 it is kind of like, what the hell is this movie when you're watching it? But it's, it's, it's worth it to watch for LL Cool J because he plays this master of disguise military guy. And one of the early scenes, he's he's disguised as a couch <laughs> and they don't know where he is. And all of a sudden he stands up and he's the cushions of the couch. <laughs> it's just great. There's some good gags in it. There was uh, at one point, Rob Williams has to tell this like uh, rousing speech to these toys that are going into a fight. And he's like, when you go fourth in a battle or fifth, depending on where you are in line. And Jackie <laughs> just lost it at that joke. <laughs> it's pretty good i don't know it's like it's not a like i said it's not a good movie but it's kind of an interesting like i think bill said i i'm okay with something failing interestingly and i think yeah he, i think he said i'd rather watch a movie fail interestingly than an okay movie or something like that yeah and it, it does I, it does fail interestingly it's it's too long the plot is kind of convoluted but there's some interesting ideas in it um about like you know consumerism and um what people prioritize and things like that so i i was i i forgot and i'm glad that you reminded me that what i'm going to try to incorporate into my coaching is (laughs) what was you it's more ambitious than good it's more ambitious than good yeah there's something to be said for that. I don't know. That's the yeah. most patronizing thing that I can imagine saying to anyone. <laughs> I mean, it's the, when you watch it, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. What I want to do is I want to go to like somebody's dinner party. You know, I'm like, how do you like the turkey? Well, it's, it's ambitious. It's more ambitious than it's good. More ambitious than good, but I applaud that. Um, I'll see myself out. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, if anything, I think that they should have let, you know, Robin Williams in that time period particularly is just like everything he's in. He's just like telling this joke and here's another joke. And like he kind of tries to do that a little bit, but you can tell they just kind of pulled him back from it. And like this is one of the few movies of that time period where I think he would it would be warranted for him to be like that. He did a lot of movies at that time where it was just too much, you know, and I think they should have let him off the hook a little bit more and just let him do what he wanted to do. But yeah, it it is a bizarre movie. And it's like, I'm I'm not saying I'm recommending it to people, but because you'll watch it and be like, what the fuck is this at some point during the movie? You know? Yeah. But uh, yes, I just can't. I cannot get out of my memory the image of LL Cool J coming out of the corner. Yeah, he's in like the red outfit or whatever, and he's like, yeah. he just keeps showing up, and then he disappears all the time too. He'll just walk <laughs> so, into the field and disappear. And uh, yeah, there's a, I'm a it's like, man. I like a military. I want a barricade between the green beans and the mashed potatoes. <laughs> so good. Um, and the, the the how did this get made episode is pretty good too. So I, I suggest listening to that afterwards if you uh, if you watch it. But um, yeah, that's something I'm consuming. And then because I hate myself. Wonderful. Uh, it's self-loathing. Uh, I've been watching nuclear war movies. <laughs> After we finished Chernobyl, I was just fascinated by like, there's a particular 80s style of nuclear war film. They're like very serious and like, like the day after and threads and these like super depressing nuclear war movies. I've been after Jackie falls asleep. I've been watching them um, awesome. in bed and it's like great for my mental health. So that's been, good. yeah, yeah, it's been really good. Really good. I, I'm just really I really don't dread every every day of existence. You, you know, should so, you should watch yeah. Red Dawn. 
Maybe I should. Yeah, that one's an uplifting nuclear war film <laughs> compared to these I ones think it's I've been just watching. A Cold War film. Yeah, it's a Cold War film. Yeah, Th- yeah these are like actual good. like apocalyptic. Like t- you know, I just watched uh, by Dawn's Early Light <laughs> last night. Oh, oh speaking of movies of the of of the eighties, yeah. Uh, shoulder surgery. Dan chimed in this week to, uh, on the Cobra Kai tip. Yeah, saying like he was raised on the the original three Karate Kids uh-huh. and uh, one other movie, and then Best of the Best. Did you ever see Best of the Best? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Roberts. Yeah, it's great. Taekwondo tournament. Yeah. <laughs> America versus Korea. Yeah. <laughs> James Earl Jones is the coach. Donnie, no. <laughs> it's best of the best that has the Sean Penn's brother in it. Yes, Chris Penn is yeah, in it. Chris Penn is in it. Yeah. He's the cowboy, and they the get cowboy, into the bar yeah. fight that night, and Johnny doesn't want to fight. Johnny, no. Oh, man. Yeah, that one's good. And uh, he's kickboxer is probably the other one he's talking about. Yo, Kickboxer was the very first rated R movie I ever saw. Is it? Was it really? Yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme goes up in the mountains, gets gets trained by yeah. that that guy. That's the one with Kumite in it. Kumite. Ah, uh, that might be Bloodsport. Oh, that's Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a fascinating yeah. movie because it's based on this guy's true story, which is actually total bullshit. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of I've, I've, there's some like oral essays on it and stuff that are really interesting um it's this this dude made up these stories about going to fight in this thing and it turned out it wasn't real but they presented it as real um another one of that same ilk that i was super into at the same time as karate kid was this obscure kind of obscure film called no retreat no surrender you ever heard of that okay no i haven't but i'm gonna hit you with one when you're done with yours yeah this kid uh this kid idolizes Bruce Lee and like the ghost of Bruce Lee comes back to like help him fight. And it's actually, it's the first American film that, that, uh, Van Damme appeared in. Um, cause Van Van Damme is the villain in it. He's like the Dolph Lundgren, you know, in Rocky four character. Okay. A couple of things. One, speaking of imaginary help, did you ever see that movie sidekicks with Chuck Norris? No, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. 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 But the movie I'm thinking of, the 80s style, uh, well, it's not karate. It's capoeira. Uh, it was Only the Strong. Yeah. Not only, yeah, Only only Strong. Yeah. Where that guy goes into the uh, high school and he starts teaching capoeira. Yeah, they, they start chanting at some point. Banana way, banana way, banana. That's a good one. This is like a whole, we should do a whole separate podcast series just on these uh these we just things. did it we just yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like it, it. it is a type of genre of movie that was super popular in the the 80s you know is this like yeah westernized um martial art film i guess is what you would call it absolutely um, um and speaking of detours okay. we just got a text from bill oh boy did we is it his is it his Yes. It's, it's, it's an 808 it? minute text message. Is it really? Let's do a live read. This All is right, the best. It's a live okay. reading. Well, Why don't you, you got yours pulled Yeah, out? I got it. I got it. I'm showing my age. This is from Bill's notes on the last show. Uh, I'm showing my age, but I got to go with boys to men's. It's so hard to say goodbye is the ultimate prom song. Good choice. Uh, it really captures the I'll remember your and love all of you vibe 
forever vibe of overwrought teenagers three months before they get to college and realize nothing in high school mattered and they might remember three or four of those people (laughs) it's so hard to say goodbye yeah um all right number two no, I was in that song when you were right. singing. I was really feeling it. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Jay-Z Unplugged is still on regular rotation in my car. Quote, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with me. I appreciate that. Let's rock. Yeah, remember that. I'm also a fan of that set's spiritual predecessor, LL. De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest and that Oasis one where Liam flaked minutes before the taping and spent the whole episode heckling Noel. <laughs> that, one is, that one's real. It's good to <laughs> He said Nirvana's still the best though. Yeah, it probably is. Just not my thing. Alright, number three. Do a Google search Google image search for Little John Daly. Dude created a not so many me with the same tragic fashion sense. Oh, God. <laughs> Number four, nothing to add regarding Chadwick Boseman except Jesus that blows. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I probably could have warned you about digging for fire as it's directed by Joe Swanberg, figurehead of the Mumblecore film movement. I like a lot of Mumblecore films. It's basically Uh-oh. films featuring non-actors, improvised dialogue, natural lighting, and the most annoying young white people ever. <laughs> Swanberg makes six movies in just, just in 2011. I haven't t- delved too deep into the scene. But nothing I've seen has encouraged me to do so. The Duplass brothers are the ones I'm familiar with with the Mumblecore yeah. stuff, and I actually like a lot of their mm-hmm. movies. But this, the, the, I, I, I agree. If the, if the rest of it is like this, then no, thank you. Number six, comedians in cars getting coffee. I enjoy seeing how much Seinfeld loves the granular details of joke construction. But my main takeaway from that show is that Jerry is a weird cyborg who views empathy and human emotion. But go through glass darkly. But through it glass darkly, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, very true. Uh, number seven, shout out to video gamer Matt. Welcome to the pod. Phil's <laughs> so like the official ambassador for the podcast. Like, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, I'm lightheaded. All right, we're on People eight. are greeting each other. Yeah. All right. Number eight, so excited for Dune. Read all six original novels when I was 11. Of course he did. I hope it's a huge hit and they adapt the other books because shit gets weird. Using Pink Floyd's Eclipse in the trailer is really aiming straight for the nervous system of guys of a certain age who are reading sci-fi while listening to an album-oriented rock in, in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. All right, straight up. Yeah, it's got like an ethereal version of that song in the trailer. Um, number nine, saw the first two Karate Kids in the theater, never saw three. I was already pissed at two for the absence of my one true love, Elizabeth Shue. But the power of Peter Cetera at his adult contemporary finest heals all wounds. I gotta say, go check it out. Terry Silver, iconic movie villain. Oof, all right. All right, number 10. So I watched this Western from the 1959 called Day of the Outlaw. Terrific movie. What? what we're just talking. Okay, whatever. We're going to come back to this. I mean, I'm going to read it, but like this starts, it just seems like Bill's just shoehorning in a movie <laughs> recommendation like, here. <laughs> Number 10. So I watched this Western from 1959 called Day of the Outlaw. Terrific movie with one very distinct problem. It's set in a small town in the mountains of Wyoming. Robert Ryan plays a rancher who's worked the land for years. He's ticked that farm. He's ticked. The farmers are moving in, putting up fences. About 20 minutes in the movie, he's about to shoot it. He's about to shoot it out with a couple of farmers in the local saloon. Suddenly the door bursts open. 
in a group of bandits barge in. They've stolen some gold, and they're on the run from the cavalry. They're dying to drink all the available liquor and take liberties with the women. The only thing that stopped them is the respect for or fear of their leader. He rules over them with an iron fist. He strikes fear in their hearts. His every command must be obeyed. He's played by Burl Ives. <laughs> and he does a great job. But there's the thing about Burl Ives. No matter what he's talking about and how he says it, all you hear in your head is, holly jolly Christmas, <laughs> while you picture a stop-motion snowman telling you about the fit time Frosty came to town. Fun fact, Burl Ives... <laughs> No, he really is just telling a story. Yeah. Bro, fun fact, Burl Ives named names to the House Un-American Activities Committee. So fuck that guy, I guess. It's great in, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, though. That's a great, yeah, there we go. Bill Bill did not disappoint. He, he showed up, you know. I like reading those fresh. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That, that one was fresh for me, too. Usually I read it beforehand, but... I we're going to have to tell him when we're recording and tell him to wait about half an hour in. <laughs> yeah. Tree. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Matt. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, are we ready to wrap this thing up and go on to the uh, the good part of the show? If you're not listening to the OC, get the fuck out. <laughs> Welcome to the OC, bitch. All right, the OC, episode eight, season one, the rescue. Um, so this this I will describe this episode thusly. This episode, I think, was better than the last episode. I thought it was pretty good. Um, it's a little bit fillery, but its purpose is to set up our next arc. Um, and in that way, I think it succeeds. Um, we are brought back from uh, Mexico, from TJ, from Tijuana. And um, it's, pronounced, it's pronounced Tijuana. Tijuana. That's a great. That's a great line. And that from Seth. Um, <clears throat> we're back. Marissa is still in the hospital, but she has survived. We have found out they had to airlift her out. If uh, Ryan hadn't have done that, then she would have died. And uh, yeah, she's in the hospital, and the whole episode kind of revolves around that plot point, and also this parallel uh, sort of adult storyline with the 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 kids the where Ryan's trying to get into school and Sandy's trying to fit into his new job. Um, well, we had a basketball net. Yeah. They, the, Jackie pointed that out. They both say when they go to their new Ryan to his new campus and Sandy to his new job, they both make a reference to having a, a basketball uh, net, um, you know, at their previous locations. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. We get to see Julie Cooper and all her like evil stepmother. I mean, she's the mother, but she the 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 trope of the evil stepmother from a fairy tale, you know, wanting to ship Marissa off to go to a mental asylum, you know. Um, yeah, my very first note was Julie murders this episode. She's really coming to her own. Yeah, she's terrifying. She scares everybody around her. She's chewing up the scenery. She's lashing out at people. She's, she's wearing some... matching sweatsuits. Oh man, that the, the, She's excuse me, excuse yeah. me. She's continuing to wear, to wear matching, matching sweatsuits. <laughs> like juicy style sweatsuits. Um yeah, she is she's on a rampage. She's full on like the villain now. Um and 
you know, Jimmy's trying to get navigate being, you know, getting divorced and guilt over Marissa being in the hospital and also over his, uh, you know, transgressions with with Kirsten. Um, Great word. There, there, there are all these things are kind of swirling around in this episode. Um, in the middle of this, like I said, Ryan's trying to get into the Harbor School, which is, you know, this fancy school where Seth goes. And of course, Seth wants him to be in the school and we want him to be in the school because we need to have all of our characters there to play out the next, you know, the next dramas that are going to happen. Um, um, yep. You, you, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you do a good job of recapping the major and all I care about is the minor. <laughs> well, that's you, you, you pick out the details that I miss. So, you know, we have the introduction of Mr. Oates. Yeah. Captain. So this Captain to me, Oates. this Captain Oates respect his position. Excuse me, Captain. Oates. The thing yeah. that I really loved about this episode it, and we've had it, but this, I think this is the most fully realized yet of the chemistry between Seth and Summer. Mm-hmm. And we knew that it was coming when we see mm-hmm. Seth sitting, you know, at the lunch table. Like this is a little mini, like this is like a D plot, right? Yeah. Is they're back at school and everybody's like, you know, getting their bearings again. And 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 everybody's supposed to be focused on Ryan and will he make it in? And he's meeting with the dean and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And he's he's forced with the impossible decision of finishing his test or saving marissa once again i mean which it feels like that could have waited a little bit feels like they could have been like hey when you're done with your test uh we need to get rescued marissa but i digress yeah sure i mean there's a couple of there's a couple of mm, interesting you know little moments of like how did how did the kids get the keys to jimmy's apartment (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean ryan probably knows how to pick that lock you know well, fair enough. You know, but they locked it. Yeah. They locked the door behind him. Yeah, they don't want to be. You know, they want him to be. So they're also sitting in the dark when he comes in. And like they're just jump sitting in. on yeah. the coffee table facing them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like they're the three of them are sitting. The three yeah. musketeers are sitting on the couch, yeah. staring at Marissa, and she's yeah. just staring back at them. That was an awkward scene. Yeah. But <clears throat> the, for me, it was the the minor minor subplot of Seth and Summer of how. Now that they're back in their version of the real world, which is right. high school, school, right? Yeah. He's sitting there alone in the most gorgeous landscape of a fucking high school cafeteria, just looking yeah. out over the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. Looking out over like it, the ocean, I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sure. I mean, there was Beautiful, like a mountainside. Like, like it was gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Like youth is wasted on the young, yeah. but like whatever. So, and she sits down and talks to him. And then we have this scene where the, the cheerleaders walk past and they clock Summer sitting with him, and it's it dawns on both of them that this is a, a match that could never work. Not if Summer's going to keep keep her, you know, social capital. Yeah, she can't her, her position in school, like in the in the hierarchy, he can, she can't be right. seen with the you know the the no person, you know, the nobody, Seth. You know, yeah. And we get that jab <laughs> straight to the jaw, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the episode is Seth kind of like continuing to be like no you like me, you know, like I'm, you like me. And when she comes to his house, which is the mom of studying naked, the callback to him trying to stall for Ryan. Yeah. Summer comes in and you know, we've got to go save Marissa. Okay. What is that? And then captain notes, the introduction of captain notes and just that slight little line reading on the way out. He says to her, that's my bed. Yeah. Jackie noticed that too. She's like, why do you say that? It's like, yeah. (laughs) 
Just wanted you. It's to just know. an awkward thing, and, though. It's like something that you know some horny high school kid would say. You know, of course, yeah, yeah of yeah, course, it, of yeah. course. Yeah. And um, it was so <laughs> it's it's so endearing. Yeah. And then they get you know they get to the hospital, and here we are. They're about to break Marissa out from the ICU. You know, whatever. And he can't he can't not mention the fact that she's wearing a candy stripe for outfit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then and then it it we go back to the fact that like the writers are giving Summer more and more depth, she and is, she references yeah. um, who is it she referenced? Um, Madame Bovary. Right. And, Bovary and yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. She's I did, yeah, I didn't write it down, yeah, but she, it, I can't remember. There was something else with it too. She made some other reference aside yeah. from the novel, um, where it was just like, "Here we go," you know, it is about to be off to the races. And like, as far as I'm concerned, this is not a Marissa and Ryan show. Yeah, this is a Seth and Summer show. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, it's this is one of the turning points where it kind of, I think it kind of becomes more of that. Um, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that probably happens some because of Marissa's difficulty working with the actress Misha Barton, and you know, she's, <laughs> like we said before, she's not on par with the rest of the actors as far as their yo jobs. straight up. Like, so I'm I'm sitting. I come home this afternoon, right? Mackenzie's home from work. Yeah, I fix myself some dinner and I sit down to watch this episode of the OC in a separate room uh-huh. because Mackenzie was on the couch watching TV, right? She cracks open the door and she sees that I'm watching the OC and I turn to her and she just starts making these faces. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> the me, most like absurd faces. And she's like, I'm Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> Has she watched it? Yeah, we okay, watched it together okay, back okay, in the yeah, day. Yeah. I'm Marissa. Man. Oh, God. It was, it was some of the funniest shit that I've seen Mackenzie do. I was dying. I was yeah. dying. I was like, you're right. Yeah. I don't want to it. It's totally about like, yeah. Um, the, uh, it, I think that the talking about the Seth and Summer thing, I think the most endearing interactions of them in this is when they both stop trying to like intentionally argue with each other or joke around with each other. And you see them connect over the fact that like, they both want to do what's right for their friend. Yeah. And so in those moments, like they've stopped thinking about like, Oh, we're getting along or we're not getting along or like, I'm being seen with you or whatever. And it's more like, Oh, we're both going to, Oh, I respect the fact that you were going to be loyal to, of course we're going to be loyal to our friend, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think she really appreciates that Seth Lake helps her honestly. And he's not just trying to help her because he wants her to be impressed by him. He's helping her because yeah. they, he generally sees Marissa as his friend. And I, and I, you know, <clears throat> And this includes Marissa, and I'll say it. It's not necessarily that it happened to me a lot or whatever, but kind of we had the same experience when it came to like summer camp. Like you would, like you you would sometimes like arrive and not know anybody, and it's mm-hmm. not exactly the same. But like Seth and Summer, they weren't friends. Yeah, Marissa wasn't yeah. friends with Seth, and Ryan shows up, and it forces the four of them to experience this transformational summer where they do realize that they are friends yeah. independent of any kind of like social hierarchy of high school. And so it was, you know, growing up when you think back about youth, it's like that summer was like a whole different world where you had the opportunity to be friends with people that you then weren't allowed to be friends with when school came back. Yeah. 
Yeah. In, right. In, in or this, in the summer camp, camp in this camp aspect, you're just not physically around those people anymore once you go back to mm-hmm. school or whatever. But yeah. And you're like, yeah, you're pushed in the situation where you just have to be friends with this person because you've just found and you, you, you know, some of my greatest friendships come out of that, you know. And I um, think maybe that's the biggest romance of the show is the four of their them and their friendship as we move through the rest of this first season. Yeah, like, I think so too. Cause there, there's the relationship between summer and Marissa and between Ryan and, uh, and Seth and then cross on that, you know, and like they're yeah. the foursome together is like, you want to spend time with those people. I mean, you have to set aside the, the disgust over Marissa's character or whatever. Uh, it, yeah. It's it's a time like this where it's like, man, it's a shame they didn't get somebody who was more. And I, I don't think thinks like that. She's a bad actress. I just think she doesn't give a shit about the role. You know, yeah, like I mean, some of it. Sometimes she has moments of brilliance. She so I'm not going to take anything away. No, no, no. She does but, have. Yeah, but uh, sometimes it just feels like she's not present. You know, but I guess that plays to the character. But I often think about well, what if someone else played that role. But this is what we're. This is what we got to deal with, and yeah, we, we sure. don't need to harp on the fact that she's annoying at times. But um, yeah. It comes so apparent in this episode that like, damn, Ryan keeps trying to do the right thing. And everybody around him who's supposed to be the good people, you know, the people that are in a higher station in life than him, more refined or whatever, are the ones that keep getting him into trouble. You know, like, dude, it's totally exhausting. It's just like he's he's trying to get into the school and you guys are coming in here and pulling him out and like. Everything he does is like, you know, he just gets shit on. Like he saves Marissa. Oh, well, it's his fault for Marissa getting sick, you know, um, yeah. you know, for, for, for taking the pills and stuff. And it's just like constantly like, well, shit. And, and it just, it, he constantly looks bad. And it's, I feel bad for him as a character. Cause I'm like, he really, this isn't his fault. You know, like it's everybody else in this involves fault. Even the adults in a lot of the situations, not him, you know, but I guess that's the point. Yeah, I mean, it's just the construction of the narrative, but it is it is exhausting. This was when I felt like, not that it totally jumped the shark, but when it was like, okay, here we go again. Ryan is forced with an impossible choice. Yeah. He's going to try to do the right thing, and you know, he's going to be punished for operating according to his code. Yeah, totally. But speaking of operating according to a code. Yeah. Your boy Luke ain't no snitch. <laughs> Good guy Luke shows up again. Just when we, just when I was finally like, well, I have to hate you now. Good guy Luke shows up at the hospital to apologize and stuff, and he realizes they're trying to escape, and he's like, basically like, I'll, I'll stall him. You guys go get go go down the, the stairs. stairs. Yep, take the stairs. Yep. And you know, yeah, that's the only time we see Luke in the episode, and he helps them escape um, as part of their once again totally ridiculous plan of like we're gonna help marissa escape so she doesn't have to go away to san diego but for what are you gonna do you're gonna be on the run with her the rest of your life <laughs> like but it, but as jackie pointed out it's it's a very teenager plan it's like a plan that doesn't have you know you haven't thought it all out you know you, you have the it's beginning like, but not even the middle it's much like less the end. well we're gonna run away and then do what <laughs> like we're gonna run away and do what um but you know eventually they come up with the idea it's not even like eventually they're just gonna run away and then they i think they figure out like oh we just have to go to marissa's dad's house and get him to he's the only hope we have of like let's go break this. into jimmy cooper's divorced yeah. man apartment yeah <laughs> but you know J- jimmy st- you know jimmy tries to do the right thing and i don't know it's it's we've like i said we've set some things in motion now with you know marissa's 
you know, self-destructive behavior with uh, Julie's, you know, being a villain, all this stuff. We set it in emotion. Um, Julie is thwarted in the end because she's finally like, well, you know, everybody's turned against me, but I will get my revenge on you all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. She says, I'm not, I'm not finished with this. Yeah. Shit. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> of course you're not. Like a, yeah. Like a villain, you know? And I don't know. It, I thought it was a pretty solid episode. I was glad to see Captain Oates again. Cap- um, well, not again. Well, yeah, again for you, time. but yeah, this, the you know, this is the first yeah. time. Little do we know. It's about to be the Captain O show. Yeah, definitely. They should have spin um, off with it. Can we talk stuff. about the slight shade that Kirsten had for uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, Sandy's new uh, business? Holly? What is that her name? I think her name's Holly. Yeah. He, so they, they show up at this, you know, Sandy's celebrating his first day on the job by having a margarita with this girl, Holly, that he works with, this woman, Holly, that he works with, that he's known for years. I can't imagine Kirsten doesn't know her. Um, but Kirsten shows up with Jimmy, you know, to once again get free legal advice for Jimmy. Like, come on, dude, this is your fault. Call another lawyer. Um, and she gets jealous of this Holly. And I think it's a little bit of like, she feels bad for what happened with her and Jimmy. So she's going to project that onto Sandy, you know, of like, yeah, her and Jimmy. I mean, a little bit, but I think it was like, I here, here's how I read it. <clears throat> I think Kirsten's been used to being the hot girl. Right. And she was a little bit threatened and she was a little bit. So she looked at, she looked at, um, Holly and said, Holly was like, you're so lucky to be married to such a funny man. And she looks at him and she goes, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. A little tension there, but I mean, that's, that's probably good because like, you know, she's, she's put Sandy in a similar situation more than once, you know, like, sure, you know, yeah. but yeah, it was interesting. when she walks away, she goes, Oh, I'm going home. I'll see you later when you're done with work. Yeah. So <laughs> passive aggressive. Um, we also get introduced to the Dean who shows up again. Um, you know, she's the, the hard nosed dean of the of the Harbor School, and um, you know she becomes a factor at times in some other episodes. She's you know she lays down the law on Ryan. She's like, if you screw up at all, you're out. Yeah, I you know she has to maintain her reputation with these parents and blah blah blah. Um, I you know I had the same experience when I went to a certain high school. Yeah, you've you've mentioned that on the show before. I, I kind of oh, yeah. I thought about that when when that came up actually because it sounded yeah. very much like what you explained was the situation. <laughs> we're with you. we're going to decide who you get to hang out with. He's like, listen, give me a chance. Just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. Just uh, making me go to the Newport Union is not going to do a lot for my <laughs> self esteem either. Yeah. Just give me a chance. And then he's like, oh, I can go to public school. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got six questions left yeah. on this test. Yeah. He was on the final sheet. He was, yeah. And like I said, it was. But once again, we're dealing with teenager logic, where it's like this is the end of the world right now, and we have to deal with this. Right you're now. you're right about that. Wait, can we go back to though the uh, that interview that he was in before the placement test? Doctor Kim is saying like he's not cut out for it. We don't think he's ready. Yeah. Yada yada yada. He's not from the right background. He's like he says one thing, right? He says like. Well, you know, give me a chance, right? And then immediately Dr. Kim about faces and was like, well, 
Oh, your test scores are good. She's like, we, well, since you said it that way, then. Well, since yeah. you said a thing. Yeah. Since you said, give me a chance so passionately, maybe we should. Give me a chance. Oh, come on, give me a chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. So, yeah, th- th- this sets up the new arc of like this year of school. This is the next story arc, you know, and this is kind of like the arc for the rest of the season. I think, you know, it's almost like that <laughs> first seven episodes was a separate season, you know, because um, now we get into this and it's very different because they are in school and it's going to, you know, a lot of their stuff is going to deal with the politics of being in high school. Dude, yeah. you've got you are forgetting so much and I just cannot wait. It is, yes, most of the stories happen, you know, like around in and around high school, but there we are. What we've just done is we've just done that fake out drop in the roller coaster. That's the first little drop. And you're yeah, like, yeah. oh my God. And, like the, and then we start climbing again. Uh-huh. That's what we're doing. That's what this episode yeah. was. It's just a. Yeah. On the way up, the way we are up. about to go crazy into high school. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited. Big deal. I'm yeah, excited. it's going to got a whole new set of uh oh, I do want to say that uh no party in this episode. <laughs> Maybe the first one that there was no party, right? It's like, well, we got partied out. You know, we got party partied out. out. We had T- to clean up the mess. Tijuana. Take the stairs. <laughs> Tijuana was the ultimate party we can't. Tijuana. Yeah. Well, summer's over. We can't have parties every night at the beach house, right? Also, Holly's yeah. a person person non grata. What are you, you Yeah, I mean, Summer said she's never going to talk to Holly again. I can never talk to Holly or Luke again. Yeah, I talked to Holly. Take the stairs. <laughs> Take the stairs. What a hero! I love. Uh, it's hard to hate Luke. It's hard to hate Luke. Uh, I want to hate him now, but you know. Uh, hey, Abercrombie. <laughs> he was an Abercrombie model. That's why I was brought up. Take this, give me a chance. Yeah, I like when Julie's like, "But if you take time off of befriending would-be assassins, <laughs> we called him Ryan." Yeah, no, called him Brian. <laughs> I said Brian. 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 Yeah. Brian. She called him Brian. Benjamin McKenzie. <laughs> yeah. It's <just> like <laughs> I want to know if that was a line reading or yeah. if it was so a genuine fuck up. Yeah. I don't know. Um yeah, you got anything else to say about this episode? Take the stairs. <laughs> Take the stairs. <laughs> I'm studying naked. Yeah. <laughs> He's studying naked. It's a Chino thing. It's a Chino thing. Yeah. Uh I am. Yeah. No, I'm good, man. That's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I cannot wait for the next episode because I did have this realization um, last week when we were recording where I was like, oh, no, no, I do know what's next, right? Because yeah. I knew this is when Julie truly turned heel. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is <laughs> the rise of Julie as the, 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 the villain for now. Yeah, and I am I'm here for it. I love to hate her, and I really do. I'm like, how are you going to tell your – you know, just recently ex-husband, they haven't even got the divorce papers yet. And she's walking over to the doctor saying, I'm going to go ahead and take her down to San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <sighs> she's bold, the, man. She's, the fucking balls on Julie. She is vicious. Yep. But she's, she's also convinced that she's right. Yeah, she is. Yep. You know, if you're fighting that crusade, I mean, I guess you got to, you know, you got to plant your flag. It. Yeah. Look, I believe in it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for next week. Um, Give me a chance. (laughs) 
All right, so that's it for us this week. Uh, you can check out our shitty website, IOLTOS.com, or you can find us on Spotify or on uh, everything but Apple. So if, uh, you, if you happen to be working from home and have literally nothing better to do than to listen to our shitty podcast, and you ran through the most recent 10 episodes and texted us while you were doing that, and now you need to go find some old episodes, go to IOLTOS.com. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, good luck. Don't tell us anything that was in those old episodes. I don't want to know. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess we're out. See you next time. Have a good night.